Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to Hospitality Mavericks podcast, featuring me, Michael Tingser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders and entrepreneurs in the hospitality industry to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind that both employees and customers love and support. In today's podcast, we'll be talking with Joe Cripps, co-founder and managing director of Trail. Trail is designed to assist hospitality and retail workforces by simplifying how they go about their day-to-day work. The app can enable businesses to save valuable time and paper through providing digital checklists that simplifying the important but repetitive tasks that hospitality managers and employees do every day to ensure consistency. Trail also makes it easier for managers to delegate tasks, scheduling shift, and receive reports on how their store and employees are performing. There are many more features, but we'll leave that to the man behind the app to reveal as well as his take on the challenges that the hospitality industry is currently facing and his personal experience of working in hospitality. Welcome, Joe. A massive pleasure to have you here at Hospitality Mavericks. And uh, yeah, our our history goes some years back, Joe. And I can remember still the first time we we met in London at, uh, I think it was as, as a tech hub thing uh office and uh, we were just bouncing off the wall so i've been really looking forward to this conversation but we put a bit of structure in today so we make sure we don't go off the rails well thanks it's like an absolute pleasure to be here and thanks so much for the invite and yeah i totally remember that day but every time we meet it's like that it's always uh, it's always full of energy and i think you know um you've helped trail massively and helped my thinking in terms of um you know how to really drive through that focus on on sort of people in in products, I suppose. So um, I'm very grateful for that. But looking forward to talking more. Yeah. So uh, let's let's start with the easy bit. Uh, tell tell us a bit about your story, your experience working hospitality and tech for that sake, and uh, where are you heading with Trail? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, I, I started my early career um, working on kind of big back office systems like uh, Oracle and uh, sort of things like supply chain ERP in general. Um, but I'd always had this kind of very, very deep love of food as my ever-expanding waistline uh, uh, bears testimony. Uh, and, and so that love of food, uh, you know, in 2006 uh, brought me uh, into the hospitality industry. And I joined Forth, which gave me the ability to combine both, you know, a love of food and a love of the industry with the kind of systems and back office systems that I'd been, you know, sort of uh, really passionate about. So, uh, yeah, I spent some years at Forth, learned a lot, did around 300 different projects with different companies from Wagamama right the way through to, you know, Draft House. Uh, and then after leaving Forth, did a bit of uh, freelance consulting with people like Pret, Itsu, Pizza Express, and a few others. Uh, and, and during that consulting, I suppose I identified the sort of initial stages of the idea of uh, of trail. I really had this desire to sort of build something to change the industry I loved. Uh, so I guess that's my kind of background, really. So what was the, that? What was problem you were seeing as a, when you were out there as a freelance consulting? What was it that you were discovering when you were out there with the clients? You know, I think. In the industry, there's a lot of innovators in this industry. There's a lot of passionate people, but they're very, very busy. And and I think driving change, and particularly driving change from a head office within its relationship with multi-sites, is is quite difficult for this industry. So one of the one of the main problems I was experiencing was like I was implementing systems, and I was finding it pretty difficult to actually cascade, you know, the implementation of those systems down to teams. So really what you're looking at is, a, is a, a sort of problem of communication between head offices and locations 
and really showing them what the critical stuff they need to do in a day is. So trail, I mean, came from a kind of academic level like that. But also when we started to get into sites, we saw that part of that problem was that really the means of communication were paperwork, Excel sheets and an inbox, you know, email, a, a tool that was designed for personal communication, not corporate project management. So <laughs> I think that, you know, for me, it became very clear that there was this there was this ability to you know, all this, all this problem about how do you cut through the cognitive noise of a day? And the benefits for me were going to be that really, you know, and this sounds very sort of, uh, you know, very soft, but like it was, it was about how do you make the day happier? And we had this one moment, I think I was at Itsu where I asked the GM, you know, what is, what is the part of the day that you really enjoy? And it's like serving customers. And what are you spending your day doing? Well, four hours it was spent on admin. So I was like, right, that, that is something we, we've got to be able to change and disrupt. And, and that's where trail came from. So, so definitely you identified a problem. Uh, you you definitely have a passion for the industry, and then you, as you, as I can see, and I, when we talked about the clients you are picking up, like uh, Brewdog, Leon, Honestberg, and Bills, there's also somebody that really wants to be involved and pay for this. So, what is the the value they see in trail when they start using it? If you just explain a bit about how would it work for uh, an average operator when they got on trail, and how would that they see that different than their stores compared to today? You know, having identified the problem, there's these conflicting demands in a day on a general manager, assistant manager and team's uh, um, sort of time. So, you know, if you're in a Leon before trail, you would be dealing with three or four different manuals, a different a logbook, probably a clipboard out front with a checklist on it to run around the team. You'd also be dealing with missives via Uh, email, for example, you know, marketing newsletters or various vouchers that were being run. And all of that stuff was is competing for your attention. With Trail, the way that works is that all of the paper is eradicated and all critical messages are pushed down via tasks that are easily digestible. I think we we sort of say that it's Trail really shows you what do I do right now? And that thing you do right now should be the thing for the most critical effect on the business, whether that's you know, checking a legal requirement like, you know, fire checks or health and safety, or whether it's understanding from a sales point of view that if someone walks in with this voucher, you need to give them that discount. And if you look puzzled, the customer is going to be embarrassed and, and, and not have the experience that they should have. So I think that's it. I mean, it's really, you know, trail is streamlined the day and it gives us that tantalizing future where really I don't need to go into a back office and work on a back back office PC in order to conduct my admin I can be out on the floor working with my team, managing by walking around, doing that all with a tablet with a very sort of simple to understand format. So so when you look at your your customers, uh, is there's a very progressive brands in between there and it looks very impressive when you go on your website as well. But is there a specific type of operator that, that can really gain most from utilizing the trail app or is it actually any retail and hospitality business in your point of view? I mean, I, I think we really look for multi-site operations. I mean, you know, we've talked extensively together about, you know, how many, how, how many is it you, that you say it, it, before you have an operational structure? Is it like five to eight sites or something like that? That's correct. Between five and eight sites, that's where you start to put in the management structure and we'll be able to use like uh, tools like Trail to optimize your operation, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And and so very much, you know, our targeting starts at around three locations and, and, and goes up really to an infinite number. I mean, it's anyone that it, that can't be a single owner operator in a location uh, that needs to understand that the critical tasks have been done across more than one location at the smaller level. 
And then I think as, as companies scale, I mean, the first set of customers we took on board were very fast growing brands that were looking to scale their operations management. They wanted to add sites whilst maintaining brand standards. And, and I guess, you know, it's that kind of crossing the chasm thing. I guess the first people to take the product are the innovators and the people that are willing to buy a new product. But we're now moving into the more kind of, I suppose, risk averse businesses as well, who see that not only as a scaling business is it relevant, but for a business that's that's already established, the last bit of kind of saving to be had within the business is productivity. You know, businesses, and we've talked about this again, but, you know, businesses are already at the point in our sector where I think they've got optimal staffing. They're right down to the level of people that is required to just open a shop. You know, you couldn't have any less. So then it's about what are those people doing? So I think that's what we've seen in terms of our customer base, starting off with some innovators who who want to kind of push the boundaries and look to the future. And then also now into established businesses that understand that productivity is the way for them to succeed. Yeah, and then it's very critical what you say. So I call it always called squeeze the lemon. There's not more juice that can be pushed out of the structure within hospitality. We're already there. We are very lean in, in many ways. So I think you're right about that. Is there other way we can leverage productivity? Um, and that lead me to to my next question, because you have said many times that the service industry is facing massive disruption and only the efficient will survive. And you you have that on your blog post with Trail. I know you say that when you're out speaking about Trail. So can you elaborate a bit more what that means and how then, then Trail can support that journey? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, we talk a lot about this triple pinch and obviously it's been reported over and over again, you know, the casual dining crunch, whatever you want to call it. But the idea of like, you know, business rates have tripled for some people, food costs have gone up 20 percent and, and, and labor costs and shortage have combined into kind of, a, you know, a labor problem as well. So the industry is facing sort of unprecedented stress at the moment, I would say. But I think there's another element playing with into this as well at the moment, which is this kind of digitization, digitization, I suppose is never say that word (laughs) of of the workplace. You know, people are needing to find more and more effective ways to be productive. And in order to attract staff, particularly, you know, sort of millennials and below needing to attract staff that are able to use very, very simple tools in order to survive. You know, you introduced that concept of the um, service profit chain to me, this idea that, you know, if you give people very simple tools, then profits will increase because it's easier for them to do their job. And therefore, uh, they have more time for customer experience. The customer experience improves, profit improves. So I suppose the point I'm making that is that, you know, there's this pinch in terms of cost, definitely. But there's also this pinch in terms of innovation. Like if you are not innovating, you're not implementing the right systems, your competitors definitely are. And if you don't embrace and get with that change, then, you know, you will be one of the people that are that are losing out. So the disruption is here and it's real and it's present. So what you're saying is also how can you actually use technology to actually do the heavy lifting for you? So you actually can focusing on what really adds value to the business, innovation, customer and employee experience in principle. I think that's absolutely right. And I think it's moved away from kind of, you know, fundamental technologies like EPOS, labor and stock, which you almost kind of need to open a restaurant um, into kind of analytics, BI, insights, um, and, and where that's going to go. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really, really interested. Uh, and it's about sort of driving the right actions at the right time. It's pure productivity as far as I can make out. And I think that will make the differentiator between, you know, where, where in, a, in a highly sort of mobile workforce 
that'll make the differentiator between which brands people want to work for. Staying with a bit like this, a bit about adapting and being innovative and being a first mover. When we, we talk about the hospitality sector, we talked about this for sometimes it, 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 it takes a bit longer, a bit slow when it comes to adapt to new technologies and innovation in the hospitality sector. Do you agree with this? I mean, I, I really think there's genuine desire to to sort of innovate and adapt to new technologies. I mean, I, you you see it all the time. Conferences are well attended. You know, people are, are are just like in any other sector are really interested in in what's going on. I think also in every sector globally, the huge kind of proliferation of consumer technologies is is kind of having a kind of backwards waterfall into the enterprise anyway. So I don't think there's any lack of desire to take on new things. I think it's largely because our industry is is seriously busy. You know, it's a hard job. It's 16 hour days. And really, I think the thing that's hard is not so much um, finding a new technology, but it's implementing that new technology and making sure that that technology is actually pulling a lever in your business to make it move forward. And I think, you know, um, people should be looking hard at the kind of business cases for new technology. And, and I think often there is huge business cases to be had. People are too busy internally. They're running too lean a team, so they don't implement. And I think, you know, that's where, and I'm not pushing business your way, Michael, but, uh, you know, I was previously a consultant before. You know, if that consultant costs 10% of the business case you're going to save, get them to do it. You know, get the external help. Reach out to people who can help you innovate and, and kind of diffuse this change because uh, otherwise it's just stuck as a nice, nice idea on the boardroom table. Yeah, and there's often a gap between, you say, the boardroom or the decision maker and then getting out to the frontline employees because of this, you know, extremely lean business as it is, but also they're just busy. So taking a new thing on is, is a massive thing, like from a, you know, from a change, from a psychology point of view. Uh, and and that's that's where the missing link, we, we see that often as well when we work with clients is that invest that time up front and get it right and then start to roll it out and it becomes much more sticky because it's like te- technology is, a, I always say, it's just a, a new tool and you have to put the right leadership and change behind it. And I'm, I'm, I think we talked about that a, a lot of times as well. Well, you wonder, I mean, like, you know, if you look at our, our product, for example, it's so simple, it really doesn't require a project. And I really, really mean that. Our customers will tell you that. So actually all we've got then is a marketing job to kind of pull the organization through change. And that's really interesting. I mean, technology is getting easier and easier to, to use because of, you know, user experience design. But, but change management is still, is still as hard as it ever was, you know. Yeah. And, 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 and also, I think another thing I think that's difficult, I'm thinking I call it the black box syndrome in a moment where people, they have to choose technology. Let's say scheduling systems is a very good example. So when I started out working with technology in the early 2000s and implemented that in McDonald's, uh, there was like two options to go for. Today, that's probably 60. So I guess you're also seeing this overcrowded market. And uh, and I have the opinion that some technologies like yours, that's really, that's built for hospitality people, but there's others product that really doesn't do it. So there's a whole assessment that has to be done today. And many times they don't have the time to do that. And that's also where some of the challenges come down the line when you want to make the, the technology work. Yeah, no, I fully agree with that. I mean, I think there's this, you know, there's the kind of classic kind of, beauty parade of vendors where you do your selection criteria at head office and make sure that it ticks your boxes and make sure that it integrates with your accounting system. But I think there's still this kind of lack of like, hang on a minute, can a GM actually use it in the middle of a shift? 
you know, in terms of what sets us apart, we only focused on that bit, really. We didn't even build reporting for a long time. Now we've got extensive reports. But, uh, you know, when we started off, it was like, does this fit into the manager's day? Will they love it? Will they use it? Because if that's if that's a no, your change management mountain is too high to climb. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. The sector, hospitality, is is known for being a people-centered business. Uh, and, and people is a very important part of delivering both customer experience, but also the internal employee experience delivered by the managers. Do you think many people think that technology and robots are a threat to this? How How is your view on this? To be honest, I think... Uh, you have to wonder whether the, you know, the economic circumstances are driving this rather than, you know, we were talking before about innovation itself. I mean, you know, Steve Richards from CDG a few months ago wrote a really amazing article saying, look, you know, we're in this triple pinch, as we talked about earlier on, like labor shortage is a real thing. Like what else can you do? I mean, you know, that has to drive some degree of automation. And and I think within the kitchens in particular, um, you know, things like, you know, you know, auto grills, whatever it happens to be, uh, can replace people and probably will replace people. But is it putting someone out of a job? I don't think so. I, th- I think there's a shortage of labor and there's a huge shortage of chefs, for example. So what I see really with technology and overall why I'm in this game is it's not about replacing people or doing away with jobs. It's about getting more with what you have. You know, for us, we're not looking to replace operations managers. We're looking to optimize operations managers so that they can spend more time coaching people so that they can, you know, encourage a better customer experience. So, um, you know, I I really don't think that, you know, people should be threatened. If anything, if it's done correctly, um, people should be back at the center uh, because the technology is looking after the burden of admin and mundane repetitive tasks that they are given on paperwork, paper and systems every day. I remember just coming a bit back, going to the, the app again, is, is, is not only that you get the right information in time. Also, I haven't heard you talk about the amount of paper you will save in a business by going using like Trail as a, as a, a helping tool to, to run your business. Do you have some numbers on that, actually? Because we forgot to touch on that before, but I think it's very interesting. I know you have some numbers. I think it's very interesting how much paper you can save in a business. We got like a cold P&L saving. And most restaurants are spending 250 quid to 300 quid a month on on like paperwork and printing. You know, some of the customers we spoke to were going through like four boxes of paper uh, every month, just printing out, you know, checklists, whatever it happens to be. So there's real savings to be had there. But I guess a, a more, the thing we've, you know, back to what we were saying earlier on in terms of we wanted to make the manager's day happier and easier. And like paper's just one part of that, really. I think it's the next stage for us is about, and really this is where we started actually, it's about, you know, all these new technologies are coming in and they will have just as much, many demands on people's time as well. So yes, we raise paper, but what other actions are there in the business? What other critical communications are there in the business on email, on exile, on Twitter? You know, what what is it that's coming through that is competing for the GM's time? And how do we get that into a digested, succinct, easy to follow, quick to complete format? What I, what I think that's interesting with the, the the paper thing is that if you take that money uh, and actually think about how can I reinvest that into my business in a different way on the employee experience, because we know if you invest in your employees, you get better customer experience, thereby long-term profit. And uh, and, and that's the interesting thing, because if you look at the, uh, the, the cost of implementing trail compared just to that, and then there's all the other the benefits. So again, how can you actually use 
tech to both you know make money and save money and then actually invest in the right things in in your business to make it future proof and i think that's that's a very interesting angle to have on technology as well i mean the other thing we found with paper michael building on that as well is that it's not just it's not just that it costs money but it's it's so it, i mean it's it's so inefficient as a way of management if you've got you know a hundred site restaurant and i went into one recently a, a, a large uh, chain and um did a business case analysis and you know, I was asking the manager, you know, what we went through every process that they completed in a day. And I said, well, what's that then? It's, uh, oh, yeah, um, you know, we have to fill that in every day. Uh, so I took this report back to head office and I said to the uh, to the ops director, OK, so that they're filling in this every day as well. He was like, where did that come from? Oh, yeah, Sally put that in five years ago and she's left. Uh, we don't even no one even looks at that. So you're not only presenting a difficult way for people to complete information, you're also left with all these legacy you know, this kind of like organizational fat that is left in the system that you strim down, really. And you can't do it with paper. It's just impossible. Yeah, and we all know, been in that situation where we had ticked off things just for the sake of ticking it off. And maybe never, nobody never is going to look at that anyway. And it actually didn't contribute to to the either the employee or the customer experience, which I think is so critical every time you, you do things in, in your environment that it actually contributes to that. What I'd love to work out, and I think we were talking about this the other day, is what does the five minutes that you spent filling that out, equate to if you if you're on the floor instead what does that equate to in sales and there yeah. obviously there's obviously an uplift there but i, I want to put a number on that but uh, you know i think we were talking about that the other day it might be idiosyncratic to each company but surely there's a there's a way of finding that out yeah definitely so every time when we have a uh, people on this podcast one of the last thing we ask them about is to give just one one advice uh, to somebody that were actually starting out in hospitality, and and you can put the tech angle on it. Uh, I know you, you. I know you haven't been an owner operator or anything, but from your point of view and what you have learned, because I'm sure you have learned some massive things and look very differently on how to run a hospitality business. What would be the one advice you would give to a, a newborn entrepreneur or leader in the in the hospitality industry? I think not just in the hospitality industry, but in startups in general, it's it, your culture is everything. You know, I think Pret are a really good example of this, that from the smallest days right up to the big, that they exude their culture, the joy of Pret, and they're, they're held up as a shining example. And I think that, you know, my kind of advice on that is put very lean systems in place that allow your people to focus on being people and allow them to focus on, you know, portraying the culture that you spent so long building. So if you had to give it an example of putting lean system in, what would that be, for example? Well, I'd use trail, obviously, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you would say that. Uh, but the interesting thing with culture is that, um, just to touch a bit upon that, because I talk with that a lot with people and say, oh, we, we, we want to, to improve our cultures. And actually, culture starts, as you say, with breaking down your processes and systems. So because culture is what we do here every day, this is the way we do things. Mm. And as you make that easier, you get actually time to put the human element in, have time to have human conversation. And that's just going to uh, actually improve the culture, amplify the culture you want here. So it's actually very interesting where actually trail can actually help on the long term building a stronger culture. I think I'm a big believer of that. Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, I mean it, the industry is, is you know, eponymously called hospitality. You know, hospitality should be at the core. The customer experience should be at the core. So everything you do and every system you choose should be looking for how it's going to pull a lever that contributes that. 
you know, I think I do see people buying systems for the sake of buying systems because they see that other people are buying them. But to really think about like why that matters for your business and why it's going to change or enhance the thing you do. So uh, I think that's so key. Yeah, so it's about before you go out and choose the technology, what you say is really understand where your business is and where you are from a system point of view, uh, leadership and uh, culture point of view, and then start thinking, is there any technology that can help me with any of these gaps I would have within my organization? That's what you're saying. Exactly. I think that's very much the challenge now. You know, once you've got past the EPOS and labor bit, that's very much the challenge, yeah. Well, Joe, I know you're, you're, you're a busy man and there's uh, other things on the agenda today, but thank you very much for spending time with us here at Hospitality Mavericks. And uh, I'm sure we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna catch up soon again on another podcast talking about the industry. But uh, this was really, really great. And thank you for your contribution. No, always a pleasure to talk to you. And, and thanks for the questions and thanks for taking the time, guys. Uh, and uh, good luck with the Mavericks. That's all we have for today. Thank you, Joe, for sharing your story, a round down of Trail App, and your thoughts on the industry's current situation. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please give us a like, share, or even better, tell us what you think. Do you have any valuable advice to those starting a hospitality business? Do you think robots are going to take over the sector? We would love to hear your thoughts. A big thank you to Laura Evans from Let's Talk Video Production for her assistance making these podcasts possible. You are a rock star. We hope you enjoyed today's Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tingsa, tune in next time for another industry interview. And in the meantime, find out more about us at hospitalitymavericks.com. Thanks for listening and be maverick.